Sweet. Okay, so kick it off with just an interview uh, and introduction of who you are and um, you know where you went to school, what you majored in, and anything else you feel is important. Awesome. Um, well, my name's uh, Nikhil Panu. Um, I am from uh, the Bay Area, California, near San Francisco, but um, was a Johns Hopkins alum, uh, played basketball four years, graduated in 2017, and uh, currently I'm the uh, founder and CEO of Squads, which is a um, sort of the social uh, sports activity platform as well. Um, but yeah, that, that's me. <laughs> Very nice. And first up, just talk a little bit about your recruiting process, how you made the jump from Baria to the East Coast and what camps, what what strategies you used to to get that offer that you picked? Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, the recruiting process, well, what a time. It was uh, for me personally, uh, I mean, again, grew up out here in the Bay Area and my high school, it's not like we had a ton of scouts coming to our games or anything. Um, and so I think for me, it was always, it was sort of a combo effort, definitely a lot of emailing, a lot of camps, but kind of how that process got started. I, for me personally, I, I knew I wanted to, um, I was looking to do engineering in school. Um, I was looking to do computer science. And so when I was looking at schools, I was looking for sort of what are the best engineering schools in the country where I could potentially play basketball as well. Um, kind of narrowed down my list of target schools, but really I had no idea what the process was like. Um, and so I, from, with some advice from like my high school coach and, my sister, who actually went on to play uh, Division One tennis, uh, she was older than me. She played at Pepperdine. Um, seeing what she went through in the process of just in tennis, it's very different. Where you're just you're contacting coaches, they're asking about your USTA ranking, and then it just kind of goes from there. Um, so I did. That's where I kind of I started the email process. Any of those schools that I was interested in, I would send them an email to the coach. I had a very uh, funny like highlight tape that I pieced together with some <laughs> with some weird hip-hop music and then I would, I would send it out to these coaches and um, I would usually get like sort of an automatic like response back with uh, sort of a brochure for whatever academic camp they were hosting um, and so that put the camps on my radar and in during this process I was also connected to somebody who ended up playing at uh, Claremont McKenna and he was a current athlete at the time and he was telling he sort of showed me the ropes a bit he's like you definitely want to go to a few of these high academic camps check out Hoop Group, check out Hoop Mountain. And I kind of left that lunch being like, all right, let's get going. And and signed up for, I, I went to a number of camps. I, my first camp though was at, um, I believe it was Hoop Mountain at UC San Diego. Uh, it was the closest one to here uh, uh, in the Bay. And um, I'm like, hey, let's go try this out. And so went to San Diego. And again, first experience, I walk in the gym. There's hundreds of kids in there. And they slap a number on me. I was like 516 or whatever. And I go out and play and I had no idea what to expect. I thought it'd be a much smaller group of people. But, um, and yeah, I remember like walking out of the gym after the first day and my dad's like, so literally everybody else here is also like 6364, says guard, good grades, all this thing. Like we're in for a bit of a challenge here. Um, but so that first camp was a good sort of experience, but then also looking at my list of schools, I realized that a lot of them, there's probably a pretty high percentage chance I would end up on the East Coast. So um, I know that there were a number of camps out East. So I went to, I think in total, I ended up going to the Hoop Mountain, UC San Diego, 
went to Carnegie Mellon's camp, um, Columbia's all academic camp, um, Hoop Group in Albright, Hoop Mountain at Brandeis, which ended up being the, the best camp for me just personally. And then also Dartmouth's um, uh, all academic camp as well. Uh, so yeah, made a nice little East Coast tour um, my junior summer uh, in high school and uh, uh, hit all those those camps and got back home. And I think after that Hoop Mountain camp at Brandeis was where things really, you know, the conversations with the coaches really started and 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 all those things. So um, that's kind of my process with the recruiting uh, side of things. Yeah. That sounds great. I haven't heard a lot about the West Coast academic stuff. You know, I, I've I've talked to the guy who runs West Coast Elite, Ryan Silver, a little bit, and like tried to get a sense of of what options are out there. But I didn't realize that Hoop Mountain had a UC San Diego offering you know, at one point. What it was, it, it, I do believe that that year it might have been a new because like the Skyac is there, and that's obviously a big sort of West Coast D3 presidents and obviously the, the Pacific Northwest schools, I think they just decided, I think that year might've been either like the first or second year they were doing that. I don't know if they still do it, but for us, it was just the, the easiest place for us to get down to quickly and, and, and check it out for the first time. Um, but I think again, that was a first sort of taste of it. And then we realized, I think there was a good number of coaches there. A lot of the same coaches that were out East were there, but our logic was, hey, if I'm going to end up on the East Coast at the all these different engineering D3 schools, might as well go get out there and play a little bit. So mm-hmm. um, that was a good sort of first pass at it, but then ended up spending most of my time at the East Coast camps. Yeah. And it's funny you you point out Hoop Mountain is the best one at Brandeis because I had the exact same experience where I kind of went to the Albright Hoop Group, went to a couple other ones, but Hoop Mountain was like, you know, six or seven offers or interests, uh, interested coaches coming directly out of that. What do you feel like for you made that one different? Um, you know, I think a couple of things. I think the first thing was, you know, I had a few of those, I think it in order when I went to UC San Diego to the, to the, the hoop mountain one out West, I went to Carnegie Mellon's camp Columbia's. And so I think hoop mountain Brandeis might've been like the third or fourth on my list. Um, and so at that point, I kind of got comfortable. I knew what to expect when I was arriving and, and sort of what the process and flow looked like. It seemed like it might have been a smaller batch of players, too. Um, that was the other thing I noticed. But the main thing was, you know, at, at, especially at least with Who Mountain, you're basically assigned to a team. You're locked in with that team through the, the duration of the camp. And I was really, really lucky that I think it's funny at the first camp, a lot of the other camps I went to, you know, everybody's trying to get noticed. Everybody wants to, you know, put on a show for the coaches. And so I'm the kind of guy I love to play within a system. I love to play like the team ball, move that rock. And it just, I wouldn't see the, the ball all the time. So it made things a little bit difficult, but I was really lucky at Hoop Mountain. I was surrounded by guys. Well, a couple of interesting things. Number one, great teammates, all these guys, like we, we got along just personally right away. And, um, we would play really good team ball. We'd share the ball together. Um, everybody got touches. Everyone looked really good. Everyone was hitting shots. Um, it's funny, my, myself and this one other guy, we were uh, the two like tallest guys in our team. Like we all were guards basically. So we basically just played this five out kind of offense and like pass cut. We were moving, we were running. 
And so our team basically ran the table. Like we, because we're like, there were definitely some like bigger, maybe more athletic teams like in the bunch, but because our team was playing so well together, we looked like we were a D3 team ourselves. And um, so a lot of coaches ended up coming and watching our games because like we were just running up the score on people. And so I think that was a huge, huge factor there. So I think two things, one, just the general comfort level with the process. And then two, just really lucky with the teammates I got. Um, and then I think at that, the Brandeis one, for me personally, like literally all the schools that were on my target list, all those coaches were there. Um, and so I think everything just worked out really nicely. But at the end of the day, I think it is sort of a numbers game and just kind of the luck of the draw. But I think Brandeis just worked out really well for me in that, uh, just the timing of everything. Yeah. Do you, do you know any of those guys where they ended up from that squad? I'm pretty sure every single one of them ended up on a D3 school. Um, I know a lot of them were looking at the same teams as I was. I do, to be honest, I don't remember the exact ones, but I do know one guy ended up at MIT, one, or actually two guys ended up at MIT. I believe one ended up going to Carnegie Mellon. Um, one was U Chicago. I wish I had the names for you, but I just remember at the time, like those are some of the schools that were popping up, but like yeah. all I, I, I would, what I do remember is every single one of us got recruited to play somewhere. And uh, I thought that was really cool. And I don't think that was the case for every team that was there, but I think the fact that we were all just playing really well together, coaches could literally see it on the court. Like, Hey, this, this is what my team might look like. And yeah. so I think that was like something that they could uh, just visualize there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, and again, had a very similar experience where like meshed immediately with the guys, like we weren't the tallest, mm-hmm. but did play all played really well together. And, and, you know, guys going to Middlebury guys going to NYU. So yep, it was a, it was a really an eye opening moment and, and definitely progress in, in terms of my recruitment. Um, yeah. That, I mean, I think the one thing, well, I, by the time I was done with all those camps, I just remember going to hoop group. And I think Hoop Group was literally the last camp that I went to. And um, obviously, like, there's a lot more going on there. There's just all, like, the skill stuff and 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 the games as well. But this was, again, like, my sixth, seventh camp at the at the end of the, the summer. And being a, a California kid, maybe we're spoiled, but I wasn't used to all these gyms not having some sort of cooling system. It's a, it's a rude awakening in D3, right? So I remember at Hoop Group, I, I walked in there. And like literally the first game, I, my full body's cramping. I like, I'm, I'm naturally a big sweater, but then I walk in that gym and one up and back and my body's just shutting down and like cramping. And so that was a, yeah, could, really bad experience there. I remember going back and playing Albright at some point in my Hopkins career. And I'm just like, not the best memories in this gym, you know, but, uh, but no, just, but overall the process clearly worked out. Okay. So it was, it was good. Yeah. And, and it seems like, I mean, based on that, that you were, you were going full steam ahead on basketball, but I did read you were a pretty accomplished tennis player and won a, won the high school Heisman, which is not a small, <laughs> uh, not a small feat. So, uh, I, 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 would, I don't know if I would say a, a very, very accomplished tennis player. Um, I think I, I definitely, I love tennis. I was, um, tennis for us, like just, I mentioned my sister, she played division one tennis at Pepperdine. Um, my dad used to play a lot of tennis growing up. And so it was just a, a family sport. And, uh, I never was as passionate about 10. I used to play all sports, but, um, so, but then obviously for me, I think tennis and basketball were at the top, but the minute I was introduced to basketball, when I was like eight years old, 
somebody told me, Hey, you're tall. Like you should come play from that moment on. It was just love at first sight. But I always kept up with tennis, played through high school and everything. And, um, I think if I applied myself more to it and maybe like focusing on that, I probably could have been much better, but, um, no basketball to me was, was my first love and, and definitely the one I was most passionate about. Uh, but, uh, no tennis is something I still play to this day. Even while I was at Hopkins, I remember, uh, I was, I had a couple of friends in the tennis team and then even our basketball team with a number of guys that used to play like just tennis growing up. So tennis was our big, like off season, just game that we would play and, um, so love watching it, love playing it, but basketball was always, uh, just the number one, uh, sport for me. Yeah. Very cool. And it seems like, you know, tennis was not the only thing you were doing with your teammates. You mentioned starting squads with, with three other guys. How did that happen? How did it come about and how did you kind of balance that with your other schoolwork and, and also your sport? I mean, it was a lot. Um, I think just from the early days of the startup. So I guess I, I can start with that real quick is just, I, I remember growing up just as like an athlete, I played all kinds of sports, um, basketball, tennis, soccer, football. Um, and just when it came to especially basketball, it was so hard for me to find just a reliable place to play. Like I would show up to the park and there would be too many people there. Uh, I would show up to the park and there was nobody there. Um, I would try to get access to like gym spaces wherever I could. And it was just impossible. Um, I also did a lot, I spent a lot of time coaching as well. And so just as a coach, I was shocked that I spent more time like planning out the logistics of my, like my practices, like where's my next practice going to be as opposed to, Hey, here are the drills we are going to be running and here's our practice plan. So those things just from a young age, like always resonated with me. And I knew it was a problem, but just didn't know really how to solve it. Um, and then after sort of a year, year and a half at Hopkins, uh, getting a little bit of sort of the computer science aspect under my belt and, and a little bit more experience with the coding side, um, I started to think, well, I, I came back home for the summer and literally day one, summer at home, off season, I can't find a gym. I can't find a reliable place to play. I can't get my workouts in and ended up having to get like an expensive membership at like a 24 hour fitness and uh, just to go in there and get some shots up. And for me, I'm like, all right, enough is enough. Like, let me try this thing. And I always had this entrepreneurial spirit growing up. I, I wanted to create something. I just didn't know what it was. And um, I think at that moment's where everything sort of clicked for me. And I remember on my, as cliche as it sounds on my flight back to Baltimore, I had like an, uh, an, one of the airline napkins and I literally was, was drawing out wireframes of what would become sort of the first iteration of, of the squads app. Um, and then just throughout college, the rest of the way, I, I, whenever I wasn't on the court or, or in the classroom, I would always be just working on this and, um, was able to work on this as like side projects for a lot of my classes. Um, and along the way, uh, obviously my teammates knew what I was up to and, and my peers at the university and, um, so yeah, when the summer between my junior and senior, my junior and senior year, um, I had three teammates, uh, uh, Sam Gordon, Austin Vasiliadis and, and Nico Katulis, who, uh, they've obviously been big supporters of me from the beginning and, and they loved what I was working on. And it's funny that my team at Hopkins, it was, everybody was either going to go into finance or consulting. And I was always the one kid from California who, who wanted to, to create a startup one day or, or get into entrepreneurship. And I think everybody was really intrigued by it. And, and those three guys, they were actually going to, they were one year older than me, but they were going to come back for a fifth year. 
and get their masters. So, um, that summer they had nothing planned. It was sort of a last minute decision by, on their part to, to stay another year. So they were like, Hey, like we'd love to come help out, learn what sort of the startup lifestyles like and, and work on this. So they all came out and stayed with me in California. And that summer we were just, we took what was a really, really early stage app that I was, I had in sort of a university environment. Um, and we, that was the first time we tried to take this to a, a, a fresh market and try to introduce it. And a lot of bumps in the road, a lot of things that we had to, you know, figure out along the way. But um, it was an awesome experience being able to work with some of my teammates. Um, I think it was a natural fit. All these guys um, brought in something unique. Um, Nico was like a natural salesman, uh, great in front of people. And from a biz dev standpoint, Austin, more the financial side and, and Sam, uh, who's, who's our social media guy at the time and, and, um, so we all came at it from different angles and it was as teammates on the court, it kind of, it did translate pretty well to just in, in the conference room. And so we, everything like working together was very easy, but I think I personally learned a lot that summer about, it was my first, I was actually a solo founder as well. Um, and this was my first time working with others and, and working with a team and, and as a leader, how do I work with these guys in this capacity? And I think, as my first time experience, having these guys be my teammates who I, who I go to battle with on the court all year long, uh, it made that whole process really smooth. Um, and then after that summer, uh, we were all working through this during the school year and stuff. And then once everyone graduated, everyone kind of continued down their paths and what they were doing. But then repeatedly, actually, I had another former, um, uh, Hopkins basketball player work with me, uh, the following summer, uh, he was between, uh, work and business school and he wanted to come sort of experience the, the startup lifestyle. And then, um, after that, I actually have my current team right now is comprised of a bunch of former division three and division one athletes. So guys who played basketball, Puget Sound, Pomona Pitzer, uh, I had, there was somebody who ran track at LSU, um, a professional tennis player. So a lot of, Athletes from all different parts uh, eventually like were very involved with squads. And um, uh, I think it's, I love it. I love working with other former athletes too, but that experience, I think it stemmed from that experience of working with uh, um, some former teammates of mine. So. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Now it's been, I guess I've been, I've noticed what you guys were doing a couple years back, but then after starting this kind of took a different, interest in it and saw, like you said, that what is this name? Mika Elon. That's yes, on. Mika. Uh, Mika. Yeah. That's on. It was a Pomona Pitzer guy and now is helping you guys out. And so it's just like, it is a really cool little community of former athletes. And it seems like you guys got a good mission going it's, forward. I know it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah. Like one of my earliest hires, like I mentioned is, it was a Puget sound basketball player. And then, his, he used to go to high school with Mika, uh, Mika Elan, who was an All-American at Pomona Pitzer and, and now plays pro overseas. And Mika had a former teammate who was a computer science guy, Dan, Daniel Rosenbaum, who was also a Pomona Pitzer. And it's funny, it's because of Mika and Dan, like the whole Pomona Pitzer team, like I always see them wearing their squads hoodies, like, uh, there are a bunch of ambassadors for us, which is awesome. But yeah. I've, it's, it's, I think that like that D3 network, that like college athlete network is something that we've really tried to lean into, uh, in a number of ways. And, 
it's been really cool to work with some former athletes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, talk about that a little bit. Like, what do you, why do you feel like you pull from that community? And like, what do you think other than just the, the shared connection? Like what, what value do you see there? Um, so actually, so, and yeah, so, uh, when it comes to the athletes, like the former college guys, I think part of it initially was sort of by chance. Um, I think in the early stages, um, it's funny, one of my first hires, uh, so my roommate at Hopkins, he was, uh, from San Francisco. I didn't know him previously. Uh, but he, he was like trying out for the Hopkins team, didn't end up playing, but his, one of his best friends from high school in San Francisco was this, this basketball player from Puget Sound, uh, Matt Berglund. And, um, during one of the summers, he had made an intro, uh, with me and he said, Hey, Matt is, this is actually after college. Matt is, loves what you're doing. You guys should meet. And so again, that one was more by chance, just through a connection. But, um, I think since that point, we've done a number of things. So actually specifically at squads, our, our main audience. So again, the platform that we're building is this marketplace for sports and recreation. People, it's sort of like a class pass for sports where instead of you going and booking a spot in like a yoga class or Pilates class, you're going and booking a spot in a, a basketball open gym, a drop in volleyball session, pick up soccer games, things like that. In a very structured, organized way, we, we work with the facilities. We have all the logistics mapped out and things are really well run. But our main audience is just sort of the general recreational audience, like young professionals who are just looking to go play and, um, former athletes, weekend warriors, things like that. But we saw there was actually early on, we saw there was this gap in as former athletes ourselves finding really high level competition um, after having played for four years in, at the college level, coming back to a city, most guys are going to a new city where they don't know anybody and trying to find that same level of competition. There's this gap there. So one of the earliest campaigns that we ran, um, we actually call it squad season. And it's specifically targeted. It's, it's an, it was a basketball open gym program specifically targeted to current and former college pro players. Um, and that's actually where we, uh, Matt had been connected to Mika, um, who was a Pomona Pitzer player. And he, um, Mika was the one who really ran with the program and got a bunch of his teammates who were in the area involved. And through that program, we actually met a lot of other, uh, former college players, a lot of whom were D3. There were a number of also pros and D league guys and, and former NBA guys who, who came through those open gyms, but that really opened up our network of a lot of college basketball players. Um, in terms of how we got in touch with some of the other just college athletes, I remember when I was putting up some of our earliest like job postings just publicly, um, a very scary process and uh, <laughs> something I, I, it was, a brand new experience at the time, but actually we naturally had a lot of applicants who were former college pro athletes. And, and I think because of their tie to the sports, they were really attracted to our mission. And so I think as a brand, we naturally attracted some of these people. Um, so again, part of it was by chance. Part of it was just through networking within some of the offerings we had. And then again, part of it was just, I think we were attracting um, a lot of these people who who may already work in tech or work in, in some or other company or business, but because of our mission in sports and maybe their previous experience in sports, they were really attracted to what we were offering. And not only was there the shared connection, but I think everybody could had 
an immediate understanding of the problem we were solving uh, because they all experienced the same thing too. So not just the college stuff, but then growing up and not having places to go play in a reliable way, everybody had that shared connection. So uh, I think that's what made it easy. Totally. And I mean, even more so the, the young professional situation you talked about and being in a new city, knowing no one and where do you (laughs) go to find that first run where you can ultimately meet a really great community and make some friends, but it, there is a, that activation energy or that first step that needs to be, to, needs to be met. So no, it's great. And I, I love, I love what you're doing. I love the story. And, you know, I think you sharing not only your experience with division three basketball, but also being this founder who's now using sport to impact other people's lives and build your own division three community in a professional setting is like, is definitely a story that needs to be shared and help people broaden their conception about what's possible out of college. No, totally. And, and it's funny, you were asking about like, why, how do all these division three guys get involved and, and things like that? I think naturally at the division three level, you're not, not everybody. I mean, it's funny, Mika and, and Dan Rosenbaum, who I spoke about, those guys are now playing pro overseas. So lucky to have that opportunity. And, and, there's some D3 guys who have that, but for the most part, most D3 guys are, are going to enter the professional world. And um, what I found was just like, again, division three guys, like they get it. They're obviously very, t- you'll, you always hear it when it comes to D3 sports, like D3 athletes are the most passionate about the sport, um, whatever sport that they're playing, because they're playing for, for the love of the game and not necessarily for a scholarship or something else. So it's um, I think that natural passion for sports is always there. And then obviously these ki- kids are brilliant too. Like there, there's a lot of high academic schools and, and, and they're very good at their craft and everyone they're preparing themselves also for the professional world. So there's always that balance there too. So it's, it was uh no, so I, I'm a big advocate for it, but um, I think it just, it's funny how that it all kind of worked out that way. But at the end of the day, we are catering to, larger athletic population. Um, but I think it's, it's really cool how D3, I said it before, but like squads is sort of rooted in D3, which is, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess on that note, where do you see the company going next? And, and what is, you, you talked about some of your earlier ideas, you had squad season, you know, just talk about, I guess, the mission going forward and, and what you're trying to accomplish. Sure. Um, so squads has been through a number of phases at, at its earliest point when I was drawing on that napkin on the plane, the idea was very basic and very simple. It was sort of just this pickup sports app where, Hey, I'm, I'm posting a game. I'm, I'm going to be playing at this park or at this gym. Um, come join me. And then other people in the area would, would hear about it and then come and join in as well. Nobody ever heard about it and nobody ever came and joined in. Um, so it started off as like the earliest iteration of that. And then it sort of evolved over time. We, we played around with this idea, which is still sort of in play of, of being more of like an Airbnb for sports and recreation, where we really emphasize the facility side of things and, and got into rentals and, and, and also with the, with the activity side as well. But obviously at that, we had done a lot of good things actually like we had launched successfully in San Francisco in the Bay area. We had just launched in LA going into the early part of 2020, but then obviously we, we hit the pandemic. Um, and obviously pandemics and sports don't go hand in hand. Um, 
as a lot of even NCAA sports have been impacted and, and school seasons, but um, we were able to manage through. We were very scrappy through this pandemic and, and somehow, you know, our, we were resilient and we made our way through, thankfully, but um, we're, things are still not necessarily back to full normalcy. Uh, obviously there's closures and, and things are still changing at, on the fly. And as any startup, you have, you, you're faced with these challenges and you have to overcome them. But um, the minute things started to open up, we, we took matters into our own hands and we have been, um, you know, setting up like activities in different cities. So we're back and we have a, a lot of uh, programs going on in San Francisco we have some things going on in LA, uh, Seattle, uh, uh, the DC area in Arlington as well. Currently in a lot of other cities coming soon, Phoenix, Vegas, uh, Seattle, Atlanta. So a lot of other cities coming as well. But the mission for squads going forward is we're essentially building what's sort of this class pass for sports and recreation where again, pe- players can, can book their spots and all these activities the same way that people might be used to doing it for other yoga and fitness classes. Um, with that level of simplicity and that same experience, we want to bring that to the sports side. Um, and then from there, we have a million ideas and, and ways that we want to go with it. Um, but we want to make it as easy as possible for people to get access to play sports and then also just to have an incredible experience once they do. Um, and so we're building not only a community around that, but then also we're working on a lot of technology and building this full platform to enable it as well. Um, so a lot of cool things in the pipeline, but um, still in the early stages of sort of reemerging from this pandemic, but the response has been awesome. Um, uh, the, in San Francisco and again, all these different markets I talked about, people have been just fiending to play. Uh, and so uh, we've, it's, it's been really cool to see so far. I think going forward, again, that's the mission. That's the goal that we're trying to accomplish. And, we're working on a lot of cool stuff on the tech side to, again, enable those experiences for people, create some solutions for our partner facilities and activity providers um, that'll help them grow their businesses as well, um, and to also scale this platform nationally. So, again, we're, we're very localized right now, and we, we have these sort of smaller operations in multiple places, but our goal is to take this nationally. Our goal is to have thousands upon thousands of activities for anybody across the country and across the world, hopefully too, to be able to find the sport that they love to play and join it and play with ease. Um, and so that's the vision here. Um, and so I think coming up in sort of the pipeline here, um, I mentioned there's a number of cities that we're, we're setting up sort of these, these hubs at these squads hubs. Um, and so those are again, uh, Phoenix, Atlanta, Las Vegas, um, Chicago, Seattle, um, those are a couple of cities right there. We're also going to be launching a program now that the NCAA, there's the, all the, the new um, policies around name, image, likeness, and, and athletes being able to benefit from sort of their status as collegiate players. Um, we're actually creating a program. We're calling it's sort of a pseudo sponsorship and ambassador program. Uh, we're calling it the Players Club, but we're basically looking at athletes across all divisions and we, we'd love to actually connect with a lot of division three athletes, but, um, who are, who are, who can represent squads and, and sort of be a part of this program, being able to help us build our community, take us across the country as well. So, um, that's also something that we're working on soon and, and rolling out actually in the coming weeks. So, um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff in that pipeline. Sweet. 
Sweet. And yeah, if you, I mean, I, I know you guys do have a lot of connections um, to any extent that I can be helpful with that though. Or if you guys have like a, you know, a link or more info, I can definitely drop that in uh, so that we can use this to drive up some, some interest in what you guys are, are dropping out. So totally, totally. Um, I, and actually a side note too, I, I was thinking about this beforehand. I know we have this sort of players club, like kind of, uh, initiative that we're, we're driving, but I was also thinking for, for the platform that you're building, which I'm a huge fan of, I actually thought it might be a cool thing to create sort of a job board or just like an, whether it's for internships or just, um, especially with like these, the, again, the, the sponsorship type of things, uh, or even full-time positions. I think it'd be really cool to just continue to create that community amongst D3 as mm-hmm. people enter the professional world or, or just trying to get exposure. I thought, I thought that could be a cool concept and something I'm happy to, to work on with you as well. I think, I think it'd be a really cool thing, but, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can, I can definitely give you, you links, emails, things like that for, um, for this too. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's close out with one question and then I'll follow up on that. Cause I definitely, definitely want to pick your brain on something, but um, what we always close out with for any D3 student athlete is just what advice if you could go back and look at, you know, someone who was in your position as an 18 year old and say, you know, with all, with everything you've learned, with everything you've gained from your division three experience, what advice are you giving that person before they go to college? Um, I think the first thing is if you're considering playing at any level, um, I, and I'm, I'm guessing we're focusing here more on the D3 level, or is it just across all? Yeah, just an aspiring college athlete. Okay, got it. So aspiring college athlete, I think number one, uh, as you're just, if you're an individual in high school and you want to play at the college level, um, my first things first, shoot for it. Go for like, shoot for the stars, like follow your dream, like, and, and do everything you can to try for it. Um, and I think along the way, I also think, you need to be practical with yourself, like wh- whether you end up playing at the division one level, division two, division three, all of them are very high level competition. They all have their benefits and, and they all have their perks and whatnot, but it doesn't matter where you end up on that spectrum, depending on your goals, but um, uh, playing at any level is great, but I think it's important to be practical also with yourself and, and know yourself as you go through the process, because I think that's, that's really, really important. I think, Specifically at the D3 level, I think it's important for prospective um, collegiate athletes to, uh, to one, you need to be extremely passionate about the sport you're going to be playing. Um, and also just, and, and have, know that you're going to have that level of commitment to that sport because I, as I mentioned, there's, there, I mean, while there's financial aid and different things like that, you're, you're playing that sport almost voluntarily at the D3 level and, and you're playing because you love the sport and you want to compete and which is an amazing thing to do at that level. I think that's just one thing to keep in mind for a prospective D3 athletes is, is know that going into it, that that level of passion and commitment needs to hold. Um, the other thing I would say just in general is, is um, specifically when it comes to like the recruiting process, I know we touched on it a bit, but um, send the emails, attend the camps, um, there's no need, like play your game and, and coaches will notice, um, if you're, if you're able to play at that level, I think the other, the last thing I would say is, is when you're selecting a, like a college or a place to go play, I think, um, it's so important to get a feel for the culture, get a feel for the, your teammates, 
Um, part of the reason why I chose Johns Hopkins was my teammates, like when I went for my visit, not only did I pick the perfect time of the year to go, the grass was super green. The weather was great. Uh, I didn't see the snow or the rain or anything like that. But when I met the team for the first time and who some of my teammates may be, they were an incredible group of guys and you're going to be spending a lot of time with your teammates. Um, so just knowing what you're getting into is so important and your bond with your teammates supersedes so much else of whether you have disputes with your coaches or, or anything else that's going around. Like if you have a strong bond with your teammates, you, it really gets you through it. Um, but in terms of the selection process, knowing like getting a sense for the culture, the team that you're entering, the teammates. And then I think it's so important to also factor in just the, the university, like sports at that level is not necessarily going to be every part of your experience. Um, so, so get a sense for the university at large. Is it a fit for you overall? And I think that's also extremely important. The last thing I'll say is, is make a list of where you want to be and where, and, and try to achieve that goal. But then when it comes to selecting two, you want to be somewhere where you're also wanted. So um, I think that's if, if, whether it's the coaches or the school or the team, like if they want you, I think that's also incredibly important and that'll make your experience better. Um, I have a lot of nuggets of advice, but then um, the last thing I'll say is I, I say this, whether it's a college athlete or not, Basically, any high schooler who's going through the college decision process, wherever you end up going, hits checks a lot of those boxes for the ninety percent of the time. Like it's a place that hopefully you want to be. It's a place where you're wanted, and ultimately, college, whether it's athletics or just college alone, is an experience. You get in what you put in, and I think um, you, you can make your experience whatever you want it to be. And I think. Most people end up going to school and they thoroughly enjoy it, especially college athletes. Um, but I think it is what you, what you put into it and the mindset that you approach it with. Um, and so, yeah, I think it college is what you, what you make it to be. It's what you want it to be. So, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Tons of nuggets there, man. And, <laughs> and it is such a, like, I mean, all those I would agree with and, and, you know, from the visits, like getting to actually know the players and like you can evaluate a school, but if you don't mesh with the guys, like I went on this one visit, I was like convinced I was going to Emory mm. and the guys like took me to this party off campus. And this is like pre Uber. <sighs> and, uh, and so like they both went to hook up with girls and I was just like stuck at this house by myself, like Jeez. 30 minutes off campus. Jeez. And, you know, it was after that, I was just like, you know, maybe this is not for me, but no, that's, that's the worst. You don't know how many people I've heard the same story from. Like, yeah. they'll just get sort of like, and, and it's funny. Like I, when I went for my visit at Hopkins, I got the exact, so I, I didn't pick a good like social night to go. Like I, I think just, I was visiting a bunch of schools. I was coming from out West. So like mm -hmm. I had to sort of knock out a bunch of schools while I was yeah. there. So I think I was there on a random Tuesday and the guys were like, they were sort of like, I think I went and played pickup with them and everything. And, um, uh, and like, they were like, do we, do we want to like kick back, drink beers at the house? Or like, what do we really do here? And I, and I was just like, to be honest with you, I got a lot of homework I got to do. <laughs> like, and so like, and, and the guys were like totally fine with that. They took me to the library. We all like studied together. Like they yeah. got a table in the library all the guys like showed up and they were studying, they're doing their stuff. And, 
And so like that like struck me really well. Cause like, again, I'm, I'm coming there for also school and like, they weren't judging me from, from wanting to get my stuff done. Like I would have been more than down to go to a party if like that was a part of it. But like they respected sort of what, what I wanted to do. They didn't put me in any uncomfortable things. And like, I also saw thereafter when I was actually on the team, that stuff still stayed. Like when these kids would come to visit, it was a culture. I think that was just set. Like even when the upperclassmen that were there, when I was there, no, there was no hazing. There was no like underclassmen have to like do this or that, especially in like on the social side of things. Like everybody is like very welcoming. They like wanted to bring you into the circle. They wanted to, um, uh, and that tradition was like passed along year to year. And like, it, like when we, when recruits used to come or like freshmen used to come in, they, used, so here's the thing is like, they treated me like I was like a peer. It was no sort of hierarchy. And I could immediately sense that when I was there. And now I'm like, this, these are a dope group of guys. And then I love the school, like mm-hmm. looking at a bunch of these. It's funny. I was very close to coming to Swarthmore. Um, I, you, I guess Landry got there probably your junior year. Yeah. Sophomore. Sophomore year. Yep. Landry, Landry almost sold me, man. He, he was coming for me and he really, really wanted me. And I could just sense like the passion from him too. But I just like, with Swarthmore, obviously an amazing school, but like for what I wanted to do in like comp sci and like more engineering based, like yeah. it didn't necessarily have the program I was looking for compared to some of the other ones. But I mean, Landry alone almost sold me. And like, I just remember coming from my visit in your field house there, he took, he pulled me and my dad into this random classroom and he was coming from Davidson, right? He played, he was playing old Steph Curry highlights on the, on the, the projector. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh, cool. We're just going to be watching like Steph Curry highlights. I love it. Like, um, and then randomly he just like, he would pause the tape and then he's like, he would pick out a random Jersey number and he's like, all right. So what's the read here? And I, I was like, I was kind of getting relaxed in my chair and, I up and I'm like, and I'm like, oh shit, okay. Like, and then, and then I'm like, okay, like I would do this, 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 like based on the defender here, I might do that. And he's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then he would like, he would go on to the next clip and do something, the same thing for like 30 minutes. He was doing this. And like, but for me personally, as a player, as like a basketball junkie, I'm like, I love this guy. Like he, he like, look, like we see the game in a very similar way. And my dad's at the back. He, he doesn't know a whole lot about basketball. Like, but the ins and outs, he knows like the game, but he's like, damn, Nick, I didn't realize like you knew the game like this well. And I'm like, that's, I, I love it. Right. But, yeah. um, but no, I think it's, it's so much about fit and, and fit comes in all forms, whether it's academically, the team, um, the school. I, and like, I was looking at engineering schools, but Hopkins was so well-rounded because um, it wasn't just an engineering school. They had all these other colleges there. Mm-hmm. And it, it seemed like, it didn't seem like a small, like liberal arts school. It seemed like more of a college feel. And so, yeah, there's a number of factors that go into these decisions, but um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my thing, but. Nice. Hey, I'm going to stop it real quick. Cause I think we're getting pretty, that was about 40 minutes on the actual 